0: I wanted to share just a little bit today and finish our series uh, on love, acceptance, and forgiveness. The vision of Victory Christian Center here in Lafayette. You know, helping people find Jesus and helping them learn to love him more is kind of our, our mission. That's kind of what we do. So as we went through the last couple of weeks, we shared about love and the fact that God is love, that he's commanded us to love. And not only has he commanded us to love, he's, commanded, or he's given us his grace to help us because there are some unlovable folks in the world and you are, you are you know very well, you all smile because you know six of them right now. If I ask you to list the most unlovable people in your life, you, 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 you can come up with a list very quickly. may not be very long, but you know the handful of folks. Maybe it's somebody that works at the gas station you visit every day or whatever that might be. And you're sharing the love of God with them everywhere that you go. He's given us his grace to help us because, of course, in our own strength we're weak. Then he's asked us to accept those maybe who aren't walking the same way we are, who don't have the enlightenment we have, who, who maybe are sinners. You know, my definition of acceptance was really looking past the sin for the express purpose of sharing the love of Jesus Christ. We all deal with folks who aren't doing it right. We all deal with people who we wish would, would get it. <laughs> you know, I've told them 10 times and that's the last time, that's the last straw. Well, thank goodness somebody told you 11 See, thank goodness your parents loved you the 12th time. Thank goodness somebody continued to share Jesus with you because we were all (laughs) a wreck somewhere along the way. But I'm telling you, God accepted us right where we were. Didn't, Didn't say it's okay to sin. Didn't say, you know what, we'll just look past that one. It wasn't the idea that said, you know what, sin's all right. That wasn't the idea at all. There's a fine line for morality. There's a fine line for the word of God and for truth. But really, truly, in that, he reached over that line and grabbed hold of you and grabbed hold of me. And so in the life that we live, and as we talk about the vision of this church, we are called to love. And we are, are called to accept those folks, maybe who aren't where we are, who are going through some things. And today, I just wanted to share a few minutes with you about unforgiveness. Really, truly, the message is the freedom of forgiveness. But, but if, you, if you have to understand you know, what forgiveness is, if you have problems walking in forgiveness, it's because unforgiveness is a problem. We don't want to talk about that. We just you know, like to focus on the forgiveness side. And, and that's great, and that's true, and that, that really is, is, that is the way. That is the escape. There is freedom in forgiveness. But the reason that it's such a big deal to us is because our flesh wants to walk in unforgiveness. And so we have to learn to differentiate between the two. We have to realize that the word forgive, if we look at it, the definition she's going to put on the screen for you, but the word forgive means just to grant pardon. To grant a pardon. The president has this great ability to pardon you from your crime. Maybe you've done something, you have felonies that have hung over your head. Many of you have been through those situations or you know someone who has and you know the difficulty that it is when you leave jail, when you leave prison with that on your record to even exist anymore. It's almost impossible in the natural. When you have a felony attached to your name, it's the first question that people who want to hire you, that's the first question they ask. And that's the thing pretty much that they're stead pat on. When you say yes, they say, I'm sorry, we don't hire people with felonies. Happens all the time. We hear those stories. We deal with folks who are in those situations constantly as we reach out in benevolence and other areas of of ministry and counseling and those kind of things. But I am telling you what. It doesn't have to be that way. There is a God who loves us more than the things that we have done wrong. There is a God who forgives us. And when he forgives, he pardons us. When the president pardons someone, it's like it's never happened. And the other part of that, not just saying, "woo." I'm free the side of that pardon that's so good is this last part that says give up all claim on account of to remit to cease to feel resist, res- resentment against there is no resentment toward you for the things you've done wrong from God now we struggle with that thought but we have to understand that's truth when God says he forgives you he has forgotten it and there is no resentment on his part For you and for me, what we have to realize is that forgiveness that he asks us to walk in in this earth is supposed to be the same way. Not just to say, you know what, I forgive you, brother, you've wronged me. Not just to say, you know what, that person hurt me. And you know what, okay, okay, fine, I understand, I'll I'll forgive him. But then from that point, if you've truly forgiven, then there's no resentment against that person. You have released yourself of that. Well, I see him every day. That doesn't matter. I will tell you this, as you rehearse those things in your mind, your body will begin to feel those same feelings of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is important. Jesus said in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, he said, if you, if you will, you, me, the people who are in the world walking in sin, whoever that is, if we will come to him and we will confess our sins, we repent before him is what we say in the church. Then it says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says he's given us redemption. He's given us forgiveness of sin according to his grace. Now, it goes back to that strength and weakness thing that we talked about in, 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 in Corinthians, where it says that, his, that our weaknesses will be made strong in him by his grace. Well, I can't forgive him. I know in yourself, in your flesh, it's difficult. But if you allow his grace to make a way for his grace is the thing that forgave you. So in the end, that's the thing that has cleaned you up and changed you in your life. When you want to walk in, walk in forgiveness, you have to walk in his grace because it's a grace that allows you to do that. It's his grace that allows you to accept. It's his grace that allows you to love. It's his grace that makes the difference. It's powerful. And we we have to really, truly, we have to understand that it's important. He did command us to love. He did command us to accept our brothers. And he did command us to forgive. In Matthew, in chapter 6, it's the story, really, not the story, but it's the listing of Jesus speaking to the disciples. And they said, well, how are we supposed to pray? And, well, this was basically what Jesus responded and told them. And if you read in verse 8, it says, therefore, do not be like those who, you know, he says, don't be like them. That's the ones who stand up in the public place and say a lot of flowery words. He says, for your, your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask. And he said, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then it goes on. And he says, and forgive us our debts as we do what? We forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But verse 14 says, Jesus speaking, so it's read, so it's very important. It says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, how many of you know you are counting on banking on his forgiveness? See, we're counting on it. We're banking on it for our salvation. We're counting on it and banking on it for our eternal life. We're counting on it and banking on it for the horrible things we did yesterday. We're counting on it and banking on it for what we've gone through today. I know it's only like 9 o'clock, but maybe you've messed up. (laughs) Maybe you're an early sinner. Whatever that might be, you know, you're counting on it and you're banking on it. But see, we just assume that it's just It's just ours to just take. But what we find out as we read the word is this thing that says, listen, folks. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will forgive you. But in verse 15 is the harsh part of this. And if you don't leave church sometimes with your toes chopped off, I don't think we're doing a service. If, if we don't leave church being, being convicted by the Holy Spirit, maybe of something in our life, or maybe we don't leave church with something in our head, thinking, you know what, I don't, man, I, that's, well, that kind of hit me right where I sit. Well, that's good. That means you're coming to the right church. Or you're perfect, and then maybe we should trade places, and I should sit down, and you should come up here, and you should share. But it goes on here, and it says, But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. We like to count on and bank on, His forgiveness. We like to say that, you know what, we we, 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 we walk in forgiveness. But see, just just like the love side of things, it's easy to love people who are lovable, but where was the difficult part of that message? Loving the mean folks. Loving the mean people. How easy is it to accept the person sitting next to you or the person that you talk to at work who you just love? How easy is it to accept people who, who, who are in your care group or whatever that might be, or in your sphere of influence, who you love and enjoy being around? How difficult, though, is it in that message, then, to accept the people who are not like you? To accept the people who actually stand for things that you don't stand for. You don't get a pass. So we don't get a pass there. And forgiveness is kind of the same thing. See, it's easy to forgive somebody who you love and you want to get past and you want to move on. It's that person who spitefully uses you, like it says in Luke 6. It's that person who smacks you in the face. It's that person who's coming against you. It's that person who's persecuting you. It's that person who has done you more wrong than you have ever deserved in your life, and you just can't see past forgiveness. You're supposed to forgive. We need His forgiveness in our life. And it says in Mark, if you go back and read in, in chapter 11, and we, we love this scripture because it talks about screaming at the mountain and talking to it and it being cast into the sea and all of those things. In Mark eleven twenty two, it says, Jesus talked to the disciples, he shared with them, and he said, Have faith in God, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever it is he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them and then many times we stop right there and we start we start speaking to the mountain but i am telling you if you walk in your life in unforgiveness that is hindering your mountain moving ability we don't like to hear this this is going to be a good message there's freedom in forgiveness forgiveness so there's freedom in forgiveness. We usually stop right there. But if you read the next verse in verse 23, it actually says, and. means Jesus wasn't done. As you go down, it says, and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Well, I don't have anything against anyone. ah, 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 ah. Then you don't have any resentment toward them either. Remember, that was the last part of the forgiveness definition. Well, oh, hold on. See, you've got to go back and begin to face reality in your life. You can't just wander around, and that's what the church is for. I believe, and part of our mission here is to enlighten people, enlighten folks to the truth. And the truth of the Word of God is what we live in our life, and we're blessed because of it. We have always refused to just say, you know what, we're just going to quote pieces and parts and bits of the Word of God. We've tried to school folks. That's part of making disciples. Saying, you know what? Hold on, hold on. Come back here. Let's talk about the truth of what the word says here. He does say, speak to that mountain. And we've got a lot of folks who are speaking to that mountain. But if you're walking in unforgiveness, I'm telling you what, that mountain's going to be really hard-pressed to move. He goes on and says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your heavenly Father may also forgive you your trespasses. Then he tells us again, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. There's great power there. Maybe we need to stop yelling. Quit yelling at the mountain and forgive that person who you have hold ought against. See, forgive that person who wronged you and hurt you. Forgive that person who was standing against you all that time. Unforgiveness is easily defined, not forgiving. <laughs> that part's easy you got to understand that definition of, 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 of forgiveness where it says, Man, you cease to hold them responsible anymore for the sins they committed against you. That's my own little portion of what that forgiveness definition is. See, so you cease, you stop, you end. And you could say today, probably, you know, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't have any problem with forgiveness. Well, then can you answer a few questions? In, in this message, who is it that you've already decided that you're not going to forgive whatever Pastor John says? I've heard this before, and I I understand this, but, but you know what? They're not getting it. I can't, I mean, have you decided already? That's awesome, and in 99% of my life, I'm going to be all right. But in this one percentage, in this one relationship, I just can't go there. They've hurt me too bad. What they've done is unforgivable. Well, then there's a problem with unforgiveness. Do you always have to tell your side of the story? Then you're probably holding resentment. I love all y'all. Y'all good people. Smile real quick so I can remember that you like me. I, I have a short. I have a short memory. I found I have to. You all are really nice, but tomorrow you could hate me, and you know what? It doesn't matter. I've been telling kids that for years. We won't like you. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. People have done wrong things to me, cheated me, done those kind of things. There's been money issues where I was do something, and, 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 and we, we were in the right, and we were, we were do, somebody didn't do something, something happened the wrong way. And you know what? You got to look past it and say, you know what? Forget it. There was a time where I forgot it, but I kept accounts. That's holding resentment, unforgiveness, yet yelling at the mountain, yet holding account for somebody who owed me. God bless them. This is what you do. God, I forgive them. Now bless them and remind them of the debt so that they can repay me in full $462.18. No interest, though. That would be wrong. See, we, we, hold, we hold those things. Do you rehearse in your life those past hurts, those past feelings? Now, you probably know somebody who does. That's, we'll give it that. I mean, you probably know somebody who, who rehearses those past hurts and those past feelings, yet wants to try to convince you that they have forgiven But what you found in that other person's life, not through judgment, but through watching them walk their life out, what you've seen in that place is that their life stopped, their life capped. There's something about not dealing with those situations, not letting go of that stuff, whether it be grief or sorrow or whatever, whether it be hurt or pain that somebody has caused you. As you walk in unforgiveness, it will begin to cap who you are. See, guilt and anger and vengeance and bitterness, they all begin to destroy you. They all begin to destroy who you are if you walk in unforgiveness. Think, well, I don't have vengeance. Well, I don't know. Have you thought about how you would get them back if you could, but of course you wouldn't? Have you had those conversations in your head that said, if this was was an opportunity, this is what I would do. This is what I would say to them to help them get it right. Careful. There's freedom, though, in forgiveness. If you look, you can turn to Matthew chapter 18 as we're coming this direction. But you have to be the one who decides to forgive. You've been forgiven a great debt. Now, how will we walk that out in this earth? And you could say, well, you know what? I've been the best person I've ever. I've never made a mistake. I've been awesome since about fourth grade. Nothing's ever happened. I have done nothing but walk in love and forgiveness. And I've accepted people right with that. Fantastic. But you know what? Before fourth grade, you were a wretch. However bad you could be up to fourth grade, you, you, were, you were it. I had this little guy at the park the other day. Blessed his heart, I've forgiven him. Have you ever seen Chucky? The movie Chucky? You know Chucky? That little scary little doll demon looking thing, you know? apparently he lives at happy hollow park and he's about this tall and he ain't got no teeth on the front because he's lost them all you know and we were with <laughs> you got to forgive no matter how big no matter how little you got to forgive no matter how old they are or how young they are you got to forgive i'm spinning the kids liam and and oliver and miles and they're on that little spinny thing i don't even know what it's called you know but whatever and and and, and liam bless his heart he he's interesting so he was, he was literally sitting on top of the thing. And I'm done telling him you're going to fall off. I just figured, well, they'll fall off. They're not mine. They're his deductible. <laughs> It'll be all right. Just put a little dirt on it. Push him in the creek. Would, so he, he, he comes by. And one time he comes by, he decides to go, spits right in my face. I was surprised. So the next time by, I just went, spit on him. Bite me, I bite you back, an eye for an eye, spit for spit, whatever, you know. (laughs) If we call to babysit some of your kids, no is an appropriate answer, that's fine. (laughs) So that, you know, he got it, no more spitting, it was over. But apparently this little Chucky dude that was running around in there, he, he, he saw that, so he literally like jumps off the thing, no kidding, I mean this is no lie, walks right around to me. And stands there and looks up at me. I was like, hi, buddy. He goes, (laughs) pfft. On me. Like not I mean like pfft. Hey, 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 little kid I don't know. (laughs) 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 Who apparently does not have a parent within like 50 yards of where we're standing. And he comes to the other side and goes, pfft. Oh, you're really cute. You know, you're trying to smile. You're trying to be nice. That goes, no lie, that goes on 20 minutes. I'm throwing the ball with Miles, you know, and I go to pick it up, and there's Chucky. <laughs> hey, dude, seriously, okay? <laughs> Stop spinning on me, man. I'd hate to punch a little kid. I'm a, I'm a pastor. This is not going to go well for you. Chases me, no kid. I am not lying man kid chases me around that park spitting on me and I'm trying to block it finally he runs out of spit. He ain't got nothing left He's dry So apparently in between that time and the end he must have gone and got a drink of water because he, he saved some up and as we were leaving I hadn't seen him in a couple minutes man here he came You know, I was gathering all the kids and we were walking to the car and here came little chucky man in his little flip-flop thing no teeth, and he was smiling at me as he came. And I was like, Oh, hey, hey, buddy, good to see you, man. And and I put my hand down and he and he just he let loose and just horked one on me, filled my whole hand up. And as I kind of reached back like this, you know, I was like, hey, hey, that's good, man. And, and like his feet went up from under him. I did not touch the kid, I swear. <laughs> I, I was that far away. But he fell down. I was like, oh man, somebody now is gonna nobody came, so I got in the car and I was like, Can you believe that kid? chucky kid man hanging out at happy hollow park spitting on me (laughs) unbelievable you got to forgive him too forgive him lord for he knows not what he does you got to forgive matthew 18 is the story really of the unforgiving servant and if i don't forgive this little kid who's spitting on me i'm in trouble it's fun. It's cute now. But I'm telling you, I was a little hot when he was hacking on me the whole time. I, I didn't take kindly to that. And I'm looking around thinking, where is this kid's parents? Who knows, man? They could have been sitting right there watching the whole thing go down. Probably gave him a high five when they went home. But this story is when Peter came. And we shared this story last year. Was We shared about affairs of the heart. And we talked about it because Peter came to Jesus and, you know, how many times do I have to forgive? Is it seven? You know, what is it? Because i want to smack this guy pretty hard here and, and I want to let him have it. See, that's that's unforgiveness. Seven is a biblical number that really leads toward like infinite. It leads toward the infinite. It, 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 there is no beginning or end to that, to that. It's that idea that says that's why Jesus says 70 times seven. It's infinite times infinite. You just got to continue to walk in forgiveness. When as long as Chucky spits on you, you got to forgive him no matter what it is we don't like to hear that but i'm telling you in the end of this story you can go back and you can begin to read we know the story we know the man was forgiven a great debt forgiven a great debt in today's standards if the talents were gold it was like 12 billion dollars this guy was forgiven if you go back and do the math they don't say if it's gold or silver but it sounds a lot better in gold still a lot of money in silver too But then he comes back to this other guy as he was forgiven that debt. It was released of him. There was no resistance in that or, or no resentment in it. It was taken away. All the punishment, all the stuff that was associated, it was gone. The guy said, you know what? I feel for you. I have compassion on you. So I will forgive you that entire amount, that entire debt. Go and be free, man. And so this guy goes out into the world and he finds somebody who owes him 100 denarii. And really what that is in that time, it's like a a third of a year's wages. So whatever you make, just think a third of it. Now that seems like a lot to us today. But realize this, it pales in comparison to the $12 billion the guy was just forgiven. Yet in that place, he was walking in forgiveness that he had received, but not in forgiveness that he was willing to give. And then his master said, after he had called him in in verse 32, he said, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have gone out and had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had compassion or pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father will do also to each of you from his heart if you do not forgive your brother his trespasses. You know, there's a root of bitterness that will rise up on the inside of you when you're wrong. In Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about pursuing peace. Lest any root of bitterness, it says, spring up and cause trouble. If you allow bitterness to fester in your life, that root will begin to grow strong. You've seen those little saplings. saplings, <laughs> Those little maple tree things they are so cute. Those helicopters when they come down. But when you look out in your yard two weeks later, you've got 75 maple trees growing up from your mulch and everywhere else. They're not so cute. But if you go out quickly and you deal with them, they come right up. But if you'll allow them to sit for a week, if you'll allow them to sit for two weeks, somehow something so small could be so strong. Then you got to use both hands and then you're digging with a shovel. Now you're really mad. Now you're getting upset. That's the way the root of bitterness works in your life. If you'll allow it to sit there and fester in your life, that root will eventually grow. And it'll get to the point and get so strong that it'll be difficult for you to uproot quickly now god can help you and unforgiveness will unseat it that quickly but if you choose not to forgive and yet try to work harder and you're pulling it up or uprooting it yourself in your own strength you'll never be able to get it because that root grows strong elizabeth was watching star wars last night but before i had come out and seen that when i in the youth, I'd shared a, a whole series on, on, on all those movies and Star Wars. And really, do you, I mean, Anakin Star, Skywalker was like, he was like the man, right? I, if you, so some of us are a little older. We only saw the first three. You got to back and watch these other three. They're bizarre. But, but it tells the story of Darth Vader. For most of us, we saw the, the, the three Star Wars we saw. And Darth Vader always breathed that way and always looked that way. And he was the picture of evil. He was the representative of all evil in the world. Now, you find out in the end that he's Luke's dad and all those kind of things and, you know, all of that happens. But if you go back to the beginning, the beginning three begin to tell the story of how he became Darth Vader. See, and he became Darth Vader because of bitterness, because of vengeance, because of unforgiveness in his life for some things that had happened. And he couldn't get past it, and it began to ruin who he was. He was on the good side. He was like the leading Jedi. He was like the one who could do it all. He was Anakin. He was the man. He was the picture of good. Yet he couldn't get rid of the bitterness and the unforgiveness. And he couldn't get rid of the hurt. He couldn't get rid of the vengeance that he felt on the inside. Bitterness is just really, truly the beginning of revenge in your life. And see, he couldn't get past it. And and at the end of that, that first set of three, the end of that third one, he's lying there in a lake of fire. With no arm and legs and been, been, but, but he, he's screaming out. But he won't let go. See, unforgiveness is a trap. And it holds you. Many of you know all my trials and travails with chipmunks at my house. And some of you were appalled at my chipmunk swimming pool. So I went to the live trap because I know it's, uh, better for the chipmunk or whatever Swimming pool did a good job it eradicated them they never came back apparently once you catch them too you're supposed to like take them a long way away like across the street doesn't work i had them like a whole summer then they got smart enough they wouldn't go in the trap and i asked somebody who knew what's going on he said where are you dumping them off i said around the corner he's like oh she's stupid you need to take them like miles away because they know how to get back to your house and i was like those pesky little critters but you know what the live trap is a little bit more like life for us and i knew you would be completely appalled if i actually caught one and brought it in here alive so i I got my little guy here and, and uh unforgiveness is a trap and when i when i trap these these guys they're really cute chipmunks are so cute but you trap them in one of those things man they got no way out And I'm trying to tell the little guy, as he's going bananas inside the cage, and the cage is going like this all over the place, because he's running around 100 miles an hour and trying to get out, but he can't. I try to tell him, hey, little buddy, it's okay. I'm going to release you. But he's scared. He's fearful. Why? Because he can't get out. See, unforgiveness holds you like that. That somewhere along the way, somebody's done you wrong, and you end up inside the little trap. And once you're inside the trap, you cannot get out. See, it's impossible for my little critter to get out. He won't. And when he's in there, he's running all over the place. And he's making all kinds of noise. But I tell him, you better be nice to me because I have all the power in the world over you. I could let you go if I wanted to, but you ain't doing it in my yard. Unforgiveness holds you that way. We don't want to think of it as a trap. We want to think of it as a there's a way There is a way out. Forgiveness. But see, while he's in there, I can torment him. I could bother. I don't do this, by the way. Please don't turn the animal rights people on me. I don't do this. But he could poke you. I don't quit feeling for him, okay? Think about yourself here for a minute. I didn't think of beast. It's just fake. But, you know, the enemy can poke you when you're in there. There's sickness and disease attached to unforgiveness. If I left him in here, he would eventually die because he would starve to death. He wouldn't be able to drink. There's no life inside this box for him. As long as he stays inside the trap, he has no life available to him, and he can only go this far back and forth. He'll eventually go nuts inside there. I don't, but you, the devil will torment you in this place. Even Mayo Clinic, as I was reading and, and, and going back and researching things for this message on unforgiveness, Mayo Clinic even has, they have a couple articles on their website that talk about things that really truly aren't clinical. They really truly aren't medically uh, 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 researched. They're just them saying to folks, if you don't forgive, it will eventually affect you physically. They're just trying to help people. They're just saying, you know what? It will, it, if you've got high blood pressure issues, and I'm not saying they're all derived from unforgiveness, but many are. Why? Because stress is un, it, it's unbelievably affected by unforgiveness in your life. Begins to affect the way you think. It begins to affect the way you feel. That as you won't forget it and you begin to rehearse it, your body continues to go through that hurt over and over and over and over at a cellular and a biological level inside of you. It doesn't go away. And the devil just keeps poking at you. Just keeps prodding you. He can take you, throw you in the corner. He, but God's going to take care of me. You're in this tent now, man. You're stuck in this trap. He's, you're, you're just sitting here getting poked by the enemy. Well, how do I get out? Forgive. It's that simple. Forgive. See, maybe you need forgiveness in your life, and maybe it's God who's going to give you that forgiveness for some sin that you've had in your life. It separates you and takes you out of the presence of God, and it puts you in a place just like this. Maybe it's somebody who has hurt you Maybe it's somebody who has wronged you and maybe they deserve all the things